mean, seriously, Dave, who would have guessed that Tom Hanks would have been the downfall of, of us all? Uh, I'm not surprised. He's brought the Rona. I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, he's he's. You won't want to travel with him, would you? I mean, what do you mean? I mean, he, he goes to an airport and his passport becomes null and void. You go on a ship with him. He gets he gets plundered <laughs> and pillaged, or you get yep. shot to death. <laughs> He crashes in a plane when he's working for FedEx. He crashes a plane into the Hudson River. Yeah, well, there you go. There's another one. I mean, his wife's called Wilson, for fuck's sake. I mean, it's telling you something. Oh, man. Don't forget about Apollo 13. That shit goes wrong, too. Yeah. I mean, it's just disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? The Tom Hanks curse. I mean, the other thing, too, is let's just, if we're going to go way back, I mean, he's got AIDS, too, hasn't he? Philadelphia. <laughs> he's got the disease. He's got, he's oh, got the man. itis. Well, given the, the current circumstances, we're uh, experimenting tonight with remote podcasting. Dave's there and I'm here. So we're doing our so social social distancing uh, requirements. And there the are yep. new requirements as of tonight too. No no social gatherings of more than two people. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yep. so Fair enough. All, pl- all parks and skate parks, everything are all shut. Yeah, it's probably not going to stop idiots from doing it still. But no, I mean, I'll be honest, seeing a lot of it. That idea of the greater good doesn't really factor in for some people, I guess. No, no, I'm not willing to make those sacrifices. No, I mean, I, I've, I've, t- I've made a small sacrifice. I've stopped doing Uber, and uh, decided to flick over to Uber Eats. Which was a bit of a yep. which was a yep. bit of an ego thing. I didn't really want to do it because I didn't. I don't want to be a food delivery guy. Whilst, but you know, got to get paid. Right. So there's a need to get paid. There's a stick. <laughs> there's a stigma to that for you, was there? No, a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, is it mostly because it was Southeast Asian students doing it? No, I mean that didn't bother me too much. But I think it was more just you know, it's everyone looks down their nose at food delivery guys and. It's, well, right now, fucking heroes of the hour, really. Yeah, well, think about it. I was talking to Catherine about it this afternoon after we found out about the two people gathering, and I was like, I wonder if Uber Eats delivery guys are still going to be classed as essential workers. Have to be, man. It was delivery, so deliveries apparently are still classed as essential, so... If, if you're talking about someone getting dinner, then it's probably, like, the best choice out of anything, right? Like, if people are wandering out to get it themselves then that's just more people out yeah. there, right? Yeah, I mean, social gathering-wise, yeah, definitely get your get your local delivery guy to do his deliveries. But um, yeah, but it's 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 um, it's brought me onto a a new a new a new thing to whinge about. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> I mean, I used to whinge. I don't think I don't think anyone's surprised, Dave. Well. It's not going to come as a shock to anyone who listens to this podcast. Well, going, going back to my <laughs> comment on uh, people look down their nose at delivery drivers, mm. I think people were just entitled as fuck. I mean, so, people were just fucking rude. Just because you're delivering food doesn't mean you're the scum of the earth. Right. So, like, n- not even just acknowledging that you're helping them out or being grateful at all. I mean... There's some people that are quite good about it. Like, I'll be honest with you, I've had more tips in four days of doing Uber Eats than I've ever had of the three years of doing Uber Uber driving. Right. Um, I wonder if that's a sign of the times or if that's the way it's always been. Well, I'll be honest, I've never tipped an Uber driver as a passenger. 
but I have tipped an Uber delivery person and I wonder if it's just the psychology of, oh, I'm getting my food, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Right, instead of just getting taken to a dentist appointment. Yeah, but um, <laughs> anyway, going back to the entitled thing, I'm just, I find a lot of people, like people order food and they're not even home. They're expecting the food to turn up after them and then when you ring them and you're like, food's here and they're like, oh, I'm not even home. Can you wait 20 minutes or whatever? And you're just like, are you fucking for real? 20 minutes? He's like, nah. That's mental. Or, you know, the the instructions are delivered to the front door of an apartment complex. You ring the doorbell and they're like on the eighth floor and like, oh, can you bring it up? It's like, what? No. Like, fucking what? They can't, <laughs> can't even come down to the fucking door and pick it up, you fucking lazy prick. And then you get people. That's pretty shocking. Then you get people that just literally will get you to go and pick up a bottle of Coke and a packet of chips from the servo and drop it a block up the road for them. I mean, that doesn't bother me so much because I'm getting paid $6 to literally drive one kilometre. I was going to say, what are they paying for that? Six it's bucks. more than what paying more than what the goods are. I think the minimum I get paid for a delivery is $5.95. And Uber, Jeez, Uber take their like, cut out of that. Well, well, you can probably guess where everyone's stimulus, stimulus money is going to go to. <laughs> Getting other, other people to bring them <laughs> Cornettos. Well... It's funny. It's funny you say that. I think I'm going to do a bit of an advertising campaign on uh, Tuesday when the stimulus goes through. I'm going to get onto the the uni advertising what? Well, I'm going to get onto the uni Facebook page and everything, and just go support your local Uber driver. Get your food. Yeah. Get your food ordered to deliver in from Uber Eats. Don't forget your seven hundred and fifty dollars needs to go back into the <laughs> back into. The- Dude, I don't think you need to advertise on the behalf of Uber Eats. They probably spend no. tens of millions of dollars oh, yeah, yeah. on their own campaign. But, but I'm just going to aim it more towards people in Wollongong so that it helps me. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That local marketing definitely is a, a different tactic. Do you know what's really strange? And it's, it's more of a probably uh, just uh, coincidence more than anything. I've twice in two, like two days in a row, I've turned it on before I left home and it doesn't pick up until you get sort of into Cringilla because Cringilla is where the cutoff is for Uber Eats. Mm. Oh, okay. And as I'm driving into that cutoff area, boom, I get a pickup and it's from the uni every time, a pickup from the cafe in the uni. <laughs> it's been weird. The uni cafe? Yeah. Not that I'm bothered. Like, well, that... cause I know that... Do you even rate the food down there? Uh, yeah, look, I've had, a, I've had a bacon and egg roll from there. It's really good. And, and the, the, it, honestly, it's usually fairly packed at that specific cafe. It's the Piccolo Me one. See, that's really <laughs> like a place that's actually on campus. You kind of have a captive audience, right? But if someone sat at home and can choose anything, it seems strange to me that they would pick a, a joint like that yeah. unless they were gen- genuinely good. Well, I mean, I've delivered it as far as Fig Tree. Yeah. That's, there you go, man. I just wonder if those people, though, that I've delivered it to either work at the uni or are students. It's like a, a daily ritual. Maybe. They're, they're missing it. Anyway, doesn't bother me. Like, I got, got on quite well with the dude that does the food and um, had a chat with him last time I was there and I don't know. But then you get, yeah, fair enough. You get some supplies, like, I'm not going to name them, but some food places and they're just rude as fuck too and they just don't give a shit and just think, mate, you probably want to start looking after people like us because we're probably the only ones keeping you fucking going right. at the moment. That's right. The only reason they're still operating is because they're able to do uh, deliveries and takeaways. Yeah, and it's also opened my eyes to a few places in town that have got very poor 
hygiene when it comes to making food. And I tell you what, they won't be getting any of my business. And I used to go there, and I used to praise them, and I won't be anymore. Yeah, right. Is that because you're sort of seeing behind the counter, or you've just noticed it now that there's less going on there? Just noticed it because I've I'm not there socialising. I'm there to work and I'm like waiting on the food so I'm watching the kitchen going what the fuck's yeah, going on gotcha and then I see yeah. you know see people scratching their head playing with their mobile phone and literally using the same hands not washing them picking up food and packing it oh that's where coronavirus comes from yeah or eating and then like they're physically eating and then they pick up food with their bare hands after not washing it and then packing it and then giving it to me and I've literally had to say to a couple of customers I wouldn't eat that if I were you. And they're like, why? And I'm, right. I've told them. I said, look, it's not up to me to tell the people how to make the food. <laughs> but I, all I can do as a responsible human being is tell you what they've done. And then it's up to you what you do from here on in. Yeah, well, that's exactly like when Johnny told us he saw that dude sweating in the pizza. Yeah. It's like, this is the information. You've got to make up your own mind what you want to do at this stage. Yeah, because I did. Are you still going <laughs> to? I did a pick up on my second day of doing it. And the people were at the back of this specific kebab shop in the middle of Wollongong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and they, <clears throat> she was eating and then she dropped the chips all over the counter and then picked them up with her bare hands after she'd been in and put them in the container and, oh. and then packed them and gave them to me and her hands were like wet and I'm just like, hmm like chip oil i don't know what was going on and i'm just like <laughs> the person that made the kebab was using gloves but the person making the chips no so i just dropped them off and i i said look i hate to do this but those chips they've been handled with bare hands with somebody that was actually eating at the same time uh, and just with everything going on i think it's only fair that i tell you isn't it funny that all the stories that you've heard in the press are about the uh, uber eats delivery guys having a snack you never really think about the people at the shop doing the same thing. Mate, yeah, it's... I, I, would, I would take the opportunity as well to point out again, if you're ordering chips from a kebab shop, you probably deserve what you get. There's no need for that. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not with that one because I like kebab, chop, sh- kebab shop chips. Stick to, just stick to the kebabs, mate. Anyway, talking about, <laughs> talking about eating the food, it's interesting you say that too because another observation of mine is I did try to do a delivery last week and I couldn't find the people. I had the address, but it was an apartment complex, and it was a high-rise. There was no unit number. It was just the street address. I tried to ring these people, texted them, nothing. They wouldn't answer the phone. I hung around for 15 minutes, and I'm just like, I can't stay here all day. I can only get paid per delivery. Yeah. Um, so I cancelled the... Is there, is there an official protocol for that? Yeah, well, I tried to contact them can't contact them there's a little thing that says you want to wait so i did the mandatory waiting time and then i cancelled the delivery um and then i in the process picked up another delivery to go and do so when that screen's sort of there i can't really go back and do anything about it um so i went and did the other deliveries and then i just thought you know what i feel really bad about this like i'm not a thief i don't want to go and peg their food in the bin or whatever so i went back to the restaurant I was just going to give it back to him and say, look, I'm, I don't want to be pegged as the delivery driver that eats someone's food or whatever the case <laughs> sure, might be. Sure, sure. Um, so I just, you know, I tried to deliver it. This is what happened. Here you go. But they were shut. So, yeah. yeah. What do you do in that circumstance? What's the right moral thing to do there? Waste not, want not. 
Yep. <laughs> I'm assuming it wasn't one that's been handled inappropriately by the the chefs. No. The only the, the, the only thing with it was is I'll say that uh, I think they're taking monetary advantage of the situation at the moment. Oh, the prices they're charging. They're charging a ten percent surcharge for everything, even takeaways. Yeah, well, I guess it's tough times. Like they're facing down an unsure future. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the A Triple C might look down on that though. <laughs> I'm sure there's a mark that would count as profiteering in you know a emergency situation. Ten percent might be on the safe side of it. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, if they if they like doubled their prices, sure. Either way, it, it wasn't great food. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think the other thing you've got to balance out is, I mean, we're all expecting that there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Coronavirus isn't going to be with us or this level of threat forever. So when things go back to normal, whatever that new normal looks like, you know, some people don't forget that stuff either, right? The same, well, we saw the same thing with the with the bushfires. It's, it's funny you say that. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that, Al, because one of the things I wanted to bring up was... There's a lot of restaurants, burger joints, whatever the case might be, takeaway places in Wollongong, a lot of them. Mm. And a lot of them have... And you you know my stance on this. There are a lot of them that are very subpar, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, you, you're pretty uh, critical. Yeah, sure. These places are going to get found out in this, this kind of time because people are starting to run out of money. People haven't got... Like, a lot of people are losing their jobs. So all these places yep. that are profiteering or profiting off of the fact that people can't go anywhere else because they're full or whatever the case might be, they're going to go tits up because their food's not that great, the service isn't that great, whatever the case might be. The fact that people aren't haven't got the money to spend anymore, these pe- they're not going to spend their money on places that aren't that great. They only go to these places that aren't that great at the moment because that's the only option when they're going out because everyone else is busy. So I think this is great for the consumer because it's going to level the playing field again and it's going to sort out the shit from the good. Um, I tend to agree and I've always seen the restaurant business as being that that competitive that I think that happens anyway but at this, at this point in time the way things are working it, like you're saying it's more of a magnifying glass people are probably paying a bit more attention to exactly what they're getting yep you know you get into a situation where each dollar counts more and more yeah you're going to start being a bit more ruthless about it yeah like we we did like a, a family feed through the McDonald's drive-through the other day, just because it was the easiest thing to do at the time, and the total on it for what you're getting, which is McChew and Spew, it was it was kind of expensive, and I I took note. I was like, yeah, probably not going to do that again. Yeah, right. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's average food at best yeah um you know it's not going to be you know not the healthiest stuff you can be consuming either no but with mcdonald's you you sort of you kind of know what you're getting yeah it's always going to be it's always going to be exactly what you're kind of expecting and if you're expecting anything more than you it's kind of your fault really isn't it yeah but i think yeah under these circumstances i did exactly what you suggested is that I actually paid attention to what that total was and was like, yeah, no, nah, like I could do better than that next time. Um, where in the before times or whatever you want to call it, um, 
you know, you just tap the card and whatever the fuck, you're just getting it done because it's it's quick and easy and convenient, right? Well, I mean, some people were. I mean, I, I've never been like that, but I've always been a tight ass. But I've never been, I've never been on a decent income. I've always been on low income. I would, I would class it as low. Um, so I've always been a bit, you know, if I'm not happy with it, I'm not going back. If I've got to spend my money that I've earned, you know, the little that I have to to waste on stuff like this, I'm going to be making yeah. sure I waste it on stuff that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I think that's exactly what a lot of people are going to be doing at the moment. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of people have had it too good for too long. That's <laughs> starting to sound like pretty uh, heartless bastards, but I think cold slapper reality is catching up to a lot of people these days. Yeah. I mean, start to reevaluate what is and isn't important in your life. I mean, we've talked—that's for sure. I think we've talked privately before about people in unions and whatnot, and whinging about you know getting extra money and this, that, and the other. And maybe you need to have a fucking cold, hard look at yourself. Because this is probably the- no, no. I, I'm not ever going to say unionisation is a bad thing, but there's always a balance of equity there yeah well, can be pushed i mean one way or the other specific ones that are just taking the piss is what probably what i'm talking about i think ones that are expecting ridiculous amounts of earnings when they look at the rest of the people outside of that particular place that they're working at that are doing the same job are earning less than half yep yeah and it's a complex situation but yeah that general theme of people taking the piss and in a lot of ways, not being able to empathise with someone else's position, it, it makes a mockery of, of the entire principle. Yeah. But going back to the restaurants, food, this mm. this this is a, something I wanted to touch on before we went into um, stage two lockdowns. Um, Aren't we already at stage two? But I said before. This is something I want to talk about before oh. we went into stage two lockdown. Cafes. Now... Talking about ancient history now. Yeah, it was like it was. What's a cafe? It was only two weeks ago, but <laughs> cafes—they're shit at making tea. Yeah, I mean, sort shit out. I mean, well, they're not—they're not tea houses, Dave. They're cafes. They're going to serve coffee. Well, don't fucking serve tea if you can't make it. I mean, it's just milky piss. I—I <laughs> I remember getting quite good tea from um, the cafe at the Nyanchen Temple. Yeah, their, right. their little joint there. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of half ex. No, uh, actually, I should ask: Is the cafe run by the Buddhists? Um, the, I mean, the whole operation is owned and operated by the temple. Yeah, but the people who work in there are dedicated staff. Um, are they Asians? People like mostly. Well, it's yeah. all of the wait staff. Yeah, well, see, they um, Asians aren't a big team, mate. They ain't gonna fuck that shit up. Yeah, yeah, but they're oh. mostly um, students. In, in the area but, who, who are working there as a gig you know what I, I always I, I do say some outlandish racist shit sometimes even though it's not meant to be racist but I'm going to say this Asians they know they know how to make fucking tea mate there ain't no fucking around there yeah yeah well that's that's their their home ground advantage for sure I mean my one of my favourite things to do when I go to Yumcha is get tea I love it yeah but it can be the way people even take tea is pretty hit and miss I think I've probably told you the story about a guy who came around to fix our dishwasher. We were renting a place, dishwasher carked it, so they sent a dude around. And you know, as you do, you offer the offer the tradie a, a cuppa. Um, he was actually a British guy, 
And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Dunk the tea bag exactly once. And I'm like, yeah. right, so hot water in a cup, tea bag in, tea bag out. He's like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, didn't add any sugar, didn't add any milk. And I'm pretty sure he was a serial killer Mate, just because of his tea, tea order. <laughs> there's a fair chance. Like, what is that? There's a fair chance he's living in Australia, not through choice, but because he was like kicked out. Cast of- out. <laughs> <laughs> how can somebody from England not know how to make a cup of tea? What a spastic! So someone saw how he made that cup of tea and called Scotland Yard. Oh, mate, it's funny. Funny, it's funny. We um in in this. So the, I'm just I'm just saying I'm going to cut cafes a bit of slack because you'd probably have someone like that if you left the tea bag in. They'd be like, "Oh, can't drink it." No, well, I had you the, know what I, mean? I had the tea bag in it for ages, like a good. Because they always make it scalding hot to the point where it's just like it, it's like magma, and it's so twenty minutes and the bag's still in there, yeah, and it's still like piss. So it's like they yeah. put so much milk in it; it's ridiculous. I think it's like forty percent milk. <laughs> A tea bag probably been sitting on the shelf for about nine months as well. Yeah. I can't imagine they're pumping out too many. Maybe I should just get hot and water that- from the cafes next time and just take my own tea and. Well, I think the warning sign is if you're at a cafe, if we ever get to enjoy that luxury again, because <laughs> if they're not you, it's not if they're not using loose leaf, it's already scrub level. You know what I mean? If they're using a tea bag, it's like, uh, okay, yeah, it's already you're already off to a rocky start. That's not going to be like a warning sign. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's not going to go well. I, I've really treated myself with tea this week because I'm getting very low on the Lipton, and I just went, you know what? I, I Lipton's all right, but. If I'm going to have a cup of tea, right. and I'm going to live at home, you know, I've got to study from home, and I'm going to be stuck at home for a little while. I, I'm I'm going next level tea. So we we went to the English section of the twining. No, no, fuck the twinings, mate. That's just that's scrub level too. <laughs> I I got Yorkshire tea. This is the this is extra strong tea. All right. So this this it's going from the from the mighty Northlands. That's it, and it's going to be. Well, I'm hoping. I haven't opened it yet, but I'm I'm expecting it to be. You could put half a half a cup of milk in if you like, but is that strong? It's gonna it's <laughs> gonna go like tar. Gotta love a good tar, well, strong cup ju- of tea, mate. I I agree. I I've sort of been treating myself to like a nice sugary tea while I've been at home as well. Sugar. Ugh. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Like I said, everyone does it different. Dash dash of milk. But I'm happy to leave the tea bag in there for. Like twenty minutes, and then go back and drink it. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying before, man, like how how quickly things have adjusted. Where what's considered a luxury now? Oh, now now that you're sort of adjusting to life with um, social isolation in place. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so, guess just going outside's a bit of a luxury, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we literally took the whole family for a drive today, just for. Did you get out like, the car? I did one little errand, which was picking up a TV that a bloke was getting rid of, and then taking it around to another mate whose TV just crapped out last week. Did you did you wipe it down before you took it? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wipe it down, but he'd left it on the porch, so there was no human interaction. Yeah. So, but it, when, <laughs> sorry, but that but that was like that was like a little excursion. Like, all right, kids, get into the car. Yeah. We're going on. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I'm I'm uh, picking up my son tomorrow and having him for the week. Seeing as he's homeschooled, I'm we're going to holiday rosters, week on week off, and um, sure. so he's going to spend the week up up here, which is probably for the best because every time he's got stuck with any of his schoolwork, 
on the he's had to call me up to help him with it. Oh, anyway, throwing shade, throwing shade at the ex, Dave. Oh, well, show, show some show some decor. Well, mate. if he's having to ring me, he must be desperate. <laughs> 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 Alright, that's that's humble enough. I'm happy with that. Anyway, um so he's coming up tomorrow and I just thought, you know what, he he can come to get out of the house, he can at least come and sit in the car with me while I do the Uber Eats. Like I'm not gonna let him get out. He can stay in the car, but he can at least you know Why why would he why would he want to do that? Just to get out the fucking what? Get out of the house. Nah man, he's gonna play FIFA till his thumbs bleed, no. kidding me? No, actually I'll tell you what, I had a little bit of a breakthrough with him last week. I had to service the the car. And I said to him, why don't you come downstairs and give me a hand and I can show you how a car works and all the rest of it. And he came down. He was actually interested. He got under the car. He was, you know, I showed him how um, it wasn't a normal oil filter on that car. It's it like an insert. So you have to pull a canister off and then clean it all out and all the rest of it. He was actually genuinely interested. And after after we'd finished servicing the car and took it for a test drive and checked the brakes and all that sort of stuff and came back and he actually said to me, oh, thanks for showing me how to do that. I was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Right on, man. So, yeah. Little did he did he know that he's now opened himself up to help me finish in, finish building the motorbike that I got downstairs. <laughs> so, he just detected a potential pull for uh, cheap labour. Yeah, well, I mean, he's only like he's only able to do like English and maths and science and stuff like that through his homeschooling. So, I mean, that, sure. now he can do sort of tech downstairs in the garage with me. Definitely, man. And I think that's going to be the key strategy. For, for all these parents who are in that situation where the kids are home from school is you don't want to be sitting them down for six hours of book shit like that's going to drive everyone mental yeah so he, you gotta break you break it up a bit of variety yeah so he can do a bit of tech help me in the bike um we can do you can do a bit of home economics we'll maybe go and bake a cake you know um he can he can sure, he can man. learn proper economics come out and sh- See how people earn money by coming, just sitting in the car with me while I do Uber Eats. Well, you certainly gain appreciation for a dollar if you see what goes into earning it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, That's cool, man. I don't want him to get out of the car. I don't really want him interacting with, you know, public, yeah, the yeah. public at the moment, because I've been pretty harsh on my ex-wife about the fact that I don't want him out in the shops and all the rest of it. So it'd be pretty hypocritical of me to say, hey, "Come on, you can walk down to the restaurant with me or whatever." But he can. No, exactly. <laughs> The idea is you're cutting out anything that's not essential, right? Mm. If you don't have to do it, avoid it. Yeah, so but he can come for a drive in a car. I mean, he's... Yeah. Anyway. Now, I've actually come to realise more and more um, similar experiences when I was a kid learning that stuff from my dad or uncles or aunts or whoever it was. Like, and realising not everyone gets that same level of exposure or interest, you know, given to them. Well, that opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Um, where... Because I was a kid, that's all I ever knew, and I kind of assumed that's how everyone else got through things. But the more and more you interact with other people, who stuff that to me seemed simple or basic, you know, handyman stuff or using power tools, you know, just a basic level, they just never really had a crack at it, and I guess in some ways lacked the confidence to even give it a go. And you see the same thing with um, building computers, right? It's people that just think computers are just magic, and if you touch it with a tool it's going to explode yeah but you know it's pretty um it's hard to get wrong wrong like unless you you know burly with it like <laughs> force something into where it's not supposed to go yeah i mean computer building's one of those things i was a bit intimidated by it when i first get got into the whole computer gaming thing and i just thought you know i'll have a go and i had lurch yep. sort of helping me out a little bit 
show you the ropes, yeah. Well, didn't, That's all it takes. He didn't really show me the ropes. He was just more like, you know, you're a mechanic. You know how to diagnose stuff. If something's gone wrong, just break <laughs> it down. If so, Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm not... I've always been one of those curious kind of people when I was a kid. The amount of watches I went through when I was a kid, I'd just pull them apart all the time. <laughs> oh, I'd pull them apart because I want to know how they work. So watches, yeah, any, no, anything, <laughs> just, just anything. I was, I was always curious to if it had a screw in it, I'm like, fuck this, I'm getting the screwdriver and I'm going to pull this shit apart. Yeah, my my brother was very much like that, and usually the same end result where it just never went back together again. <laughs> yeah, but again, it sort of fed fed that interest, and you know, over time, stuff did start going back together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. He got the, got the hang of it. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, now, I mean, and it's only been in the last couple of years, I actually bought myself a little, ch- a cheap little thing on eBay, a little um, watch menders kit. And yep. now I can f- actually fix watches. Like I've, the amount of times I would have gone down to Mr. Minute and got a battery put in, because I've got a few different watches. I would have got them, yep. paid them 15 bucks to put a battery in. Now I just go down to super cheap, pay a dollar for a battery, do it myself, pull it all apart, put the battery in, put it back together myself yep. and, and then reset it. And I can, yeah. To to be fair, I would actually still give Mr. Minute a shout out because the service you get from them for what they charge is actually really, really good. Oh, yeah, good. no, I'm not giving them, not hating on them. They're, they're, they're good, but I'm just saying, like, I can do that stuff. As there's a, a, and there's always a satisfaction in doing it yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, I've even gone down to the point with my tag, my expensive watch. When I got it back from the sh- from being on my holiday, I came home and I was like, it's a few thousand dollar watch like it's not I'm not pissing about with it it's an expensive watch and the strap wasn't quite right and I was like uh, do I really want to take it down to a jeweler's and have them fuck around with it and I was like you know what fuck it I'm going to have a go at this myself so I, yep. I actually adjusted the links and everything out myself and at least that way I knew I guess this is probably me being a bit paranoid but at least I knew that it was my watch that I was getting back Okay. <laughs> with expensive stuff, I'm always a bit paranoid that somebody's going to swap it out with something dodgy, or you know what I mean. That's an elaborate ruse, Dave. Yeah, I've watched too much TV. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some other stuff. That's. Um... I, I was I was going to ask, you know, what's what's the next lesson for for the sun? What's the next territory? You're talking about doing motorbike stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it could go all sorts of places. Yeah. What other knowledge do you think you have to to share? I mean, I've shared quite a bit of knowledge that probably isn't appropriate for him at his age, but I've shared it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, the other day, Catherine wasn't happy with me, and I got some filthy looks from the neighbours. The other day, <laughs> I let him, um, I let him reverse the Lexus out on the street. Like I sat next to him in the passenger seat, let him reverse out the street, yeah. turn it around, and then drive it up onto the grass. And then I got him to dro- yep. drive the Ute out of the garage and then park it out on the street. No, that's that's cool, man. I I did the same thing when I was that age. I got some. It was almost things, man. I got some weird looks <laughs> from the neighbours. Yeah, but we were in almost exactly the same uh, sort of neighbourhood as yours. Like it was a cul-de-sac as well. Yep. And for me, it was usually back in the car out so I could play basketball in the driveway. Well, it was funny because Hadrian was like, oh, I don't want to do it, and oh, I'm worried I'm going to crash it, and I'm just like, Hadrian, sure. If I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't let you do it. And I'm going to be sitting there telling you what to do. All you've got to do is just take things slowly. Don't rush anything. Yep. We've got all the time in the world. Don't worry about it. Yep, had no problems. Yeah, it was, 
yeah, nice one. <laughs> reversing a car out of my driveway is not exactly easy, seeing as I've I've literally got a gate to get out of, which is only just wide enough to fit the car through. So, well, yeah, there's there's a bend and there's uh, a hill to it. Yeah, it's not straightforward. So I, I showed him the you know the necessary um, looking at the mirrors because it's got a reversing camera as well. But I was like, you still need to use your, your mirrors on the side of the car, and you know, yeah, do the old school method just in case. Yeah. So well, it's like starting from your starting from fundamentals i guess so but it was actually re- reminded me of when um i went and got my learner's um permit when i was 16 yep i think literally went on my birthday and hadn't really thought much further beyond that so we walk out of the motor registry and mum's like putting the l plates on she's like all right jump in I'm like what like i hadn't mentally prepared yeah. for that next stage at all and she's like yeah no nah. You're driving. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. I was always Boom. I was, was like always super prepared for driving, ready to go. Like I it was me driving was just it was a weird thing, like I'd been riding a motorbike for a year because in England you could drive, ride a motorbike from 16, a 50cc motorbike. So I'd been riding that for a year yeah. and I'd already been working as a mechanic. So I'd been like, I, I knew how cars yeah. works, you know what I mean? And You were ready to go. So got my got my L's. Mum and Dad have paid for 10 driving lessons for me. For 10 yeah. or whatever it was anyway. So you get in as a passenger passenger, and they take you up to the local trading estate where it's quiet. Uh, yeah. And then they're like, in you get. You can do a bit of driving. We'll see how you go with a bit of... It's like, boom, straight off, no problems. She's like, uh, do this. I'm like, yep, yeah, no worries, do it. And then she's like, oh, I think you're right to just drive out on the normal road now. And then by the end of the, le- <laughs> end of the lesson, and she's like, yeah, there's probably not much I'm going to be able to teach you, eh? Just like, well, I think there's still because the road rules have already been that, doing them for the last year. You know what I mean? That's it. That's there's actually some argument for that being a more common uh, regulation, like you're saying, get the early exposure on something that's super low power. You're not going to get yourself into too much mischief with but it. But not just super low power. Something that's going to make you aware of your surroundings a lot more, like a motorcycle. Hundred percent. So taxi drivers in the, the UK, taxi drivers in London, they have to drive around for like a year or six months or whatever it is. They have to ride scooters around and get themselves familiarised with everywhere in London because they have to do an actual test where they have to drive around for like a day with an instructor in the in the back saying, "I need you to take me here." They're not allowed to use GPS. They're not allowed to use maps. They have to just know how yeah. to get there. But they have, they have no no. I've heard about this. They call it the knowledge, right? Yeah. It's crazy. And that's and there's like thousands and thousands of streets they just have to literally memorize. Yeah, and that's probably why they were filthy about Uber, just rocking up and going, Oh, here you go. Just here's Uber using the GPS. Well, technology comes for us all, Dave. Like again, current situation, a lot of people having to adapt to, to new technologies, right? Yep. You're getting your getting your mum onto the onto a video chat program on a phone so you can keep in touch all these people sort of adapting to suddenly working from home or whatever it is it's, it's a very interesting catalyst to, to drive a lot of that stuff yeah anyway so I guess it's one of those areas where you may be you know potential positive outcome of the whole situation is you know these people you know, people have been forced to adapt and maybe maybe for the better right and maybe all these work all these workplaces that may have 
in the past argued that uh, working from home not going to work or they don't don't trust people to do it or whatever it is then oh hang on we've been doing this for a month now and you know the world hasn't well <laughs> or you said <laughs> metaphor the world hasn't ended um <laughs> but you know it works where it's like you know suddenly you're like oh, okay so that was basically a lot of um fear or misunderstanding before that prevented us from even trying this but hey look shit actually works yeah i think yeah. i think if you can find somebody to work productively at home you could probably get more out of them because i know from my experience when i've worked from home with previous jobs mm. i did all of what i could at work in less time at home just to get it banged out so yep. i could just stick the tv on and watch tv so the chances are yep. I could probably get more done at home than I could at work. With with I mean with some jobs. I mean my I was a procurement um, or purchasing officer, and I was always getting distracted with um, other staff annoying me or just talking shit or going down and serving customers or whatever. But for that particular job, I was yep. definitely a hundred percent more productive at home. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people be starting to come to those sort of realizations. Yeah, it has has the potential to be quite transformative in in the way our society operates. Not just from health perspective, but you know that that you know value you might put on a work life balance that's less time in an office. You know what? The other thing is probably going to be bad out of this, though. You saying that if they're going to start having a lot more people working from home, there's not going to be as mm-hmm. much call for commercial space. So there's a lot of these commercial offices that are probably just going to go, yeah, I don't need these anymore. Potentially, but I think most people that have um, struck a, a working from home arrangement, it's always of a part-time nature. Yeah. So you might be doing three days at home, two days in the office because there's still tremendous value in that face-to-face time, um, not to mention just the mental health aspect of some human contact. That's again another thing that a lot of people are realizing now, how how um, how important that is to to maintaining like a, a healthy life. Yeah. Well, um, from, from a mental perspective, you, you say that. So not much has changed for me, if I'm honest. You're a special case, <laughs> as as always. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm special, all right. <laughs> but again, talking about workplaces that are adapting and trying new technology, suddenly having our entire team, you know, a broader marketing team jumping onto a, a a video meeting where you can actually see everyone's face and see how everyone's going yep. has had a tremendously sort of uplifting effect on everyone. Um, something as, as simple as that, but just making up for that lack of contact that you, you know would usually get or take for granted. Yeah, so... Just going back to the lack of social gatherings or uh, mm. whatever. Today's the first time in a week <laughs> that I've actually brushed my hair. <laughs> put, pants, put, put pants on. No, no, because I've been working outside. But today's the first time that I've actually given a shit enough to just go, oh, you know, I'm going to brush my hair today. Like I've just went, yeah, fuck Is that because we're having, we're having the video chat tonight? No. You want it to look good? No, I just wanted to mix, oh. mix it up on the Uber Eats. I'm just like, I've been wearing a hat all week. But I've been wearing a penguin hat. I've not, not, not. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Just still going with the flying penguins. penguins. Yep. Flying penguins represent. Or is that just because it's a cheap hat you could burn if it got infected? No, 
No, it's just <laughs> I actually prefer wearing that to most of my other ones. It just seems to it's 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 more universal to wear. Like if I'm wearing a Liverpool shirt, I can't wear a Liverpool hat as well because I'm just like super try hard at that point. <laughs> Man, for like five dollar hats off eBay, they're actually exceptionally nice to wear. Yeah, it's, I mean it hasn't broke yet, and I've been wearing the fuck out of it. So I tell you what was really sad, but is I went to look for the same seller to buy some hats for the guys at work. We were playing in a work golf tournament together. So same philosophy, get cheap matching hats and form a little posse here. Gone. The seller had disappeared. Oh, bugger. And everyone else that was flogging them, it was like almost twice the price. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Actually, the main thing that killed it was the delivery times on a lot of that stuff was weeks and weeks and weeks. And we were actually pretty close to the golf day. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, a bummer because they were cheap as they came fast. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't a sustainable business model. Nah. <laughs> Probably losing a bit of money. Eh? They couldn't hack it. So going back to the discussions of things that happened before isolation, um, I noticed at uni on the last couple of weeks I was there. The um, hmm. now before I finish, don't jump down my throat and call me racist because it's not racist. It's just an observe observatory thing. Any story that starts with that disclaimer is going to be wild. <laughs> All right, I'll hold my tongue. Go, go for it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got the name of this right. Maybe I'm not, but women in a full hijab. That's the one where they're fully covered, yeah? You're talking head to toe? Yeah, yeah. So That's a burqa. Not a burqa, but a hijab. Like, so everything's covered except their eyes. Okay, so it's just a wrapping around the head and face. Yeah, so they're not burqa, but I mean yeah. burqa styles, yep. but hijab. Sure, uh, sure. At uni, doing a degree. Now, yep. in that situation, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I was under the impression that people that are in that situation, their women stays at home, they look after the family, they don't work. Working's a men's job in that situation. So yep. what the fuck do they need to go to uni for? <laughs> what the fuck do they need to do a degree? Because they ain't getting a fucking job out of it. What's the point? Right. What's the point? Okay. All right, so that was it. I can talk now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think what... Well, not confuses, but the stereotypes that we're familiar with are the ex- extreme ones, right? Like you're saying, completely repressive, um, can't leave the home the whole whole shebang but reality is like a lot of societies things progress and change yeah but i just um, would, have, would have assumed if they're full hijab styles it's yeah. pretty it's... so yeah so definitely could be from a culture or family who um allow women to be uh more liberal than other other um you know countries that get up to that business yep um but from a, a personal religious sort of belief, um, still want to have something that maintains that modesty is the idea. Um, it's a sign of, you know, religious devotion to, to do it. Fair enough. Um, even if it's, even if it's not something you're forced to do, um, some, some people still choose to do it yeah. as that, that type of, um, faith, faith and devotion. It's, they they believe it's the the religious teachings that they should follow. Fair enough. I never thought of it that way. I just thought it was a bit of a waste of time because they weren't going to be allowed to go and work. So there you go. Yeah. So learning one like, one. Yeah. I I mean, from a personal perspective, I think 
it, it's a pretty wacky thing to, to believe in that, that that's how you should operate. Um, but same time can respect them if that's what they want to do. Yeah. But I'm sure there's lots of people who come from that life who, and potentially after spending some time as a student in another country like Australia, start questioning a lot of those ideas. Yep. I'm, I'm sure is something that happens. Another thing that's interested me too with everything that's been going on is I, I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe. Like, don't like people touching yep. me, you know, don't like touching things other people have touched. I've always been a bit bit weird where that's concerned. Um, who's weird now, Dave? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> now who's a fucking mental case? Now's your time to shine. Yeah, but what I... I guess just before, the difference was it wasn't going to kill you and your nan. It was <laughs> lower stakes, perhaps. Yeah, but what's what's gotten me is how people have gone completely... Like, they flipped complete 180 on the whole situation. Like Right, and gone, gone way overboard. Yeah, look, I went to do a pickup at McDonald's in Fig Tree the other day, and one of the people that was working there... I mean, they, they just... I'll tell you the situation, and you, you'll understand why I was a bit... So she's obviously... Well, dude, Fig, Fig Tree Maccas, to begin with, is like one of the worst in the state, has to be. Oh, look, I'll be honest with you, for the Uber Eats deliveries, they're probably one of the best I've dealt with. Because uh. the food's always ready to go whereas the other ones got to wait for fucking ages anyway um, interesting so I rock up and this girl that obviously had to go and take food out to somebody who had to wait too long in the drive through she was coming back to the door yep. so I'm holding the door for her and she's just like nah nah it's alright sort of thing and stuck her nose up a bit like oh, I don't want to go anywhere near you or touch the door that you've touched sort of thing but hang on Surely you hope holding open the door is means she doesn't have to touch the door. Yeah, but she was like, no, no, no. She really like was like, Neh. she just didn't want to get close to you. I don't know what it was. It was very strange. But the funniest thing about the whole situation was, as soon as she came back inside, she started serving somebody at the counter, took their money with these gloves that she's got on. Uh, yeah. You know, all the other stuff that she's uh. doing. And then she went and started packing food with it. And I'm just like, yeah. you may as well have just come and fucking licked my face but see that's 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 even breaking the rules two months ago you know what I mean like handling money and then handling food always a no no yeah I know but it's just like these people have turned into weird germaphobes <laughs> but they're just not even doing it properly yeah 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 exactly <laughs> so it's like okay all of a sudden they care but because they've never done it before they don't actually know how to do it properly yeah yeah and just go about it in completely mental ways. Whereas, whereas I'm like, I won't even touch the fucking door with my hands. Like, I'll grab the door with my elbow, shove it into the, the bar and pull it open, then yeah. grab it with my foot. I've always done that. I'll never touch the door yeah. with my fucking hands. I don't know what somebody's been doing before that. The the big panic item, obviously, is, was and still is toilet paper from, from supermarkets. Oh, don't, but, don't get me started me, on that. No, no, but for me, the one that I I, I personally regret is that the sanitizer, the hand sanitizer stuff is not impossible to get a hold of because that's what's going to save you. Because if... Well, not necessarily. If, just place No, no, but if you're out and about and like you said, you've got to open a door that a thousand other mouth breathers have touched. Yeah. Give yourself a little squirt, rubber dub. All right, you can carry on. Yeah, fair enough. It's at the moment, if you don't have that option that you sort of, you know, having to like deal with festiness well but not having that immediate recipe uh, remedy for it. all i can say is public service announcement 
if you can't get hand sanitizer, just make sure when you get home, scrub your hands and then use some antibacterial wipes or Glen 20 or something and go and just clean everything you've touched on the way home. That's all I can say. Yeah. Just don't touch your face and mouth. You'll be right. Yeah, just that principle of frequently washing your hands throughout the day, just that alone has such a big impact. But again, it's like, Again, we're in the 21st century treating people like children when this germ, you know, knowledge has been like a century old now. Mm-hmm. Like, wash your hands. Like, people should know. And for it to take a, a global pandemic to actually, like, get people on board is just so infuriating. Yeah. Um, sort yourselves out. Going back to the toilet paper thing, it's we actually managed to get some toilet paper you, today. You said... You said not to get you started. Well, so you got me started. You said it. I said, I said, don't get me started. <laughs> the, magic, the magic words. Well, anyway, it's been three weeks and I've actually... Ma- you scored some TP. Catherine went to Woolies at Fig Tree and she went there at seven o'clock this morning, opening time. And yep. they literally had a pallet at the entrance. And as you were walking in with the trolley, they weren't even asking you if you wanted it. They were just dumping one into the trolley. That actually sounds like a really sensible way of doing it. Yeah. And Catherine came home with some mints, some milk, but she went down early. She had to go early on a Sunday morning. So that's our new strategy. Our new strategy is we're not going shopping on Thursday anymore. Sunday morning, boom, go to the shops. I reckon you got to get away from these um, supermarkets that are in malls. I think that's half the problem. Well, the problem is so many people we're in Wollongong. We've got, we got no options. Like, Dude. Come out, come out to the Dera. Yeah, well, she actually came down there the other day, and they didn't have any. How'd that go? No toilet paper. Oh, that was specifically. To- I can't guarantee you toilet paper, but yeah, was... like running, running out of meat and stuff like that. I haven't seen any no, no. around here. So what what the strategy is for us now is we we still we're still going up to Winuna to get our bread, but they're running out a lot earlier than usual. So the strategy the, is the sooner you stop, the sooner you stop doing that, the better. No, no, we're not stopping. We, the carbon the carbon footprint on that is insane but we don't go for one loaf like, of bread we go out and we buy like a four, we buy like <laughs> fucking three weeks worth of bread and put it in the deep freeze who drives 40 minute round trip to get bread well insane <laughs> go at 6.30 in the morning bang it out and then go and get the rest of the shopping on the way home boom sure anyway whatever <laughs> we tried to we it actually tried to get some stuff to make bread ourselves and use buttermilk and all the rest of it but lo and behold the fucking shops didn't have anything left yeah no doubt so, all these people are doomsday prepping when it's like dude you can still buy Wonder White fucking take it easy yeah but I think there's another angle to it though where people they're kind of going a bit arts and crafts to kill the time as well yeah maybe I think that's got to be a factor but do, do you heard about those, like, oh, those dudes up in Sydney that like broke into one of the warehouses and nicked a whole heap of toilet paper. I've heard so many variations of this story, and I never once bothered looking at any of the news articles. I've heard like it was a warehouse, like a Woolies like, warehouse or something. It was like the back of shop sort of set up. I, I've heard it was like an armed robbery on the loading dock at, nah, at the supermarket. Nah, that's not. So I've I've heard some crazy shit. No, I anyway, whatever. They got one of them's been arrested, but um, I mean. I mean, it's some, it's crazy shit just hearing the fact that somebody's <laughs> <laughs> they get, they're getting done for robbing toilet paper. Do you remember the um, Simpsons episode where Bart starts getting mixed up with the mafia guys? He's like working as their bartender. 
Yeah. But then he starts yeah. getting pulled deeper and deeper in. And they're talking about, you know, if my family are hungry, is it wrong if I steal some bread? And Bart's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And it's like, what if it's not just my family? It's like, you know, my cousins and everyone. I steal a whole truckload of bread. And he's like, yeah, I suppose that's okay. And then at the last minute, they're just like, and let's say my family don't like bread. They like cigarettes. <laughs> and it's like trying to justify the, the black market cigarettes sort of heist they're pulling. I mean, robbing it, toilet paper. Imagine, there's no justification Imagining that, that with toilet paper. Yeah, imagining that with toilet paper is just insane. Get, when, especially when people are struggling to get it. Yeah. But I still don't understand yeah. the whole, let's just stockpile toilet paper. I mean, for fuck's sake. Seriously, what's wrong with people? I... I'd like to imagine there is a black market of toilet paper. Guarantee there is. Guarantee it. I've seen people you trying to sell it on pe- Facebook. No, that, that's that's just amateur hour. I, I wonder what the pros are doing, like the proper organised crime groups, what what they're getting up to. Yeah. Like, if you if you want it, a guy knows a guy. When you say <laughs> organised crime, I wonder how the mafia is going right now with Italy being decimated as hard as what it has. <laughs> Old school Sicilians, I think. Isn't it Sicily to the south? I don't know. Like, Italy's... It's the north that got fucked up. I think... Isn't Sicily the football at the end of the boot? Yeah, yeah. So they might... They might... Well, no. They're not okay. Like, everyone's getting fucked over by this thing. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean... They, uh, I mean, I don't say everyone's getting fucked over. Catherine and I actually had a discussion this week, and we're actually... I mean, there's a, you can't just go and get tested just for the sake of go and get tested, but we've actually got a funny feeling that both of us have actually had it. Why would you think that? Because over the last probably 10 days, I've had a slightly sore chest and a bit of a dry throat. Yeah. A bit of a... Like one of those coffee dry throat. I hasn't had a cough, but just a dry throat. And I'm just wondering if I've had just a mild case of it. Oh, it's possible. One of the challenges is that the full range of symptoms and responses isn't fully understood yet by by your medical field. No, because uh, Richard Wilkins um, he had it, and he said that he didn't feel like he was sick at all. Didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. Catherine and I have had have both had this bit of a dry throat. You know, bit of a sore chest. Alia um, had like a, a bit of a bad cold, yeah. a bit of a bad cold, and it all seemed to coincide at the same time. And it's just like, well, I'm probably the fact that I was doing Uber driving. I've been at uni. Would I be probably a little bit higher on the scale of um, high risk? Maybe. Yeah, I think one of the main mitigating factors, though, is also sort of getting into autumn now and. It is actually the time time of year when you would get a cold or get you know a sniffle or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, with those symptoms, they wouldn't have even tested you. No, I know because- unless you unless you'd been in contact with someone else who had been tested positive. But this is the problem, isn't it? You don't know who's got even. it and who hasn't because some people have got it and aren't showing any symptoms. So no, there's no symptoms. Yeah. There's, there's a massive possibility Precisely. that me and you have, may have already had it. And that's why all the fuckheads out there still kind of hang out at their mate's house or, you know, pissed off they can't go to the pub. They haven't made that connection yet that you could have the virus and be spreading it without having a single symptom no. and not knowing about it. No, this is So you can't just can't just go off the fact that, oh, I feel okay. Mm. 
don't work that way. No. Oh. We, we know that it doesn't work that way. Exactly. So that's why, I mean, I know I've been still doing the Uber deliveries, but I have not touched anybody's food. I have made sure I sanitize my hands before I touch anybody's stuff. I have predominantly asked most people if I could drop this food at the door and leave it there. Um, yeah. If they don't want me to do that, then I've made sure I don't touch the handle of their bags. Like I've been very vigilant, but I did have a bit of a scare this week. We had to go and get the trailer pink slipped. And I rocked up to this place. I've never been there before. And I'm like, oh, so where's Marco? Or whatever his guy's name is that owns the mechanic shop. And one of the offsiders said, oh, no, no, he's not here. He's not allowed out at the moment. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't want to hear that, do you? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and then this son comes out and he's like, oh, have you got the the rego papers? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Does, does the paperwork, hands it back to me. And I'm just like, uh, I don't even want to t- want to burn that paper. <laughs> so I just like chucked it on the seat, and I've run Catherine on the way home. And I said, "Can you please come downstairs right now? Open the garage door. Make sure you bring hand sanitizer. Make sure you bring bacteria wipes and everything." And she's like, "Why?" I said, "Just do it and meet me at the garage door." So we I reversed the, the trailer back in. I said, "Don't fucking touch anything." I wiped the whole car down from me. Everything I touched in the car, my phone, everything disinfected yeah. my hands got the paper with a pair of gloves and fucking Glenn 20 the paperwork the rego papers and everything <laughs> and she's like what happened and I told her and she's like yeah I'd have done the same thing you did yeah no fair enough like he didn't um, out and out say that he had any issues but um, it wasn't sounding good it was, it was it was enough for me to go fuck it I don't care I'm just gonna douse everything in alcohol mate I think I think we put a shout out to all the listeners to please Pray for Marco. <laughs> Tell you what. He's in stroke. Great, oh, great pink slip. I didn't even need to take the trailer there. He just literally grabbed the, the, the red joke papers off me and just filled out the pink slip and gave it to me. Is that a is that a new thing for trailers or is it a certain class that has to get a pink well, slip? I've, I've never heard of that before. Never had to get a trailer. And it's a year old too, which is... That's mental. I think it's because it's an enclosed bike trailer and it's braked and it's because it's a certain weight maybe uh yeah okay yeah yeah maybe but anyway that would make sense but um what what that, 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 that whole that whole approach that you're talking about with your uber eats deliveries is exactly the guidelines that people should be following which is you don't behave as if you might catch it you should be behaving as if you might have it that's the mindset that you need to be operating in when you go out into the outside world is like i have to take measures that if i had this and didn't even know about it um, my behaviour shouldn't be passing it on anyway, uh, and that's 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 the clear advice that hasn't really come from the Australian government. But you look at some of the statements made elsewhere, New Zealand in particular, they've been very unambiguous about the stakes and what what attitude you need to use to try and prevent the spread, save lives. Yeah, that's that's how they've approached it. I mean, for a maniac germaphobe like myself to step it up another level yeah. is just getting to the point where it's just like mate you're a fucking you're crazy you're like howard hughes level it ain't crazy man and again better to be on that side of the coin than people going out to still do their f f45 boot camps or whatever <sighs> you know you know what i mean i, like, I, I mean I'll be, I'll be honest today frustrated me somewhat because it was busier in the center of wollongong today than it has been all week on a working week today today 
There were people just wandering around, taking the dogs for a walk to go and get food. Bloody bloody. Seriously, just fucking get the Uber Eats to do it. I mean, I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet and get money out of this, but seriously, (laughs) get the Uber Eats to fucking do it. We're all all suspicious now, Dave. You didn't buy Uber Eats shares, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. But it's it's it, honestly just fucking stay at home. I mean, even Telstra. Like, I don't know if you were Telstra. Have you looked at the top of your phone lately? Yes, Telstra hashtag stay home. Stay the fuck at home. People still won't get it, man. But the more people that do, the better the outcome's going to be. Did the more the the sooner, the sooner you can start to resume normal operations did you see that thing I, I, you probably didn't because you don't follow a lot of the A-League stuff but one of the A-League um, players went for a run down in Melbourne dude did you see? I'm just pretending I'm pretending sports doesn't exist anymore yeah well anyway this, anything else anything else is too depressing this dude goes for a run he's an A-League player and he's like run past this park and there's a boot camp and he said there was at least 15 people in this boot camp and he's like what the fuck are you doing cool. and they're like oh the, the law doesn't cut in until mi- midnight tonight and he literally yelled at them, the fucking virus doesn't cut in until midnight tonight. Is that the same thing? Exactly. You fucking idiots. The virus isn't running to a timetable. <laughs> oh, man. I've actually been showing some restraint on, on the Facebook in particular. Oh, seeing, haven't we all, I think. Seeing, <laughs> seeing, seeing fam- family members. There we go. Got a mic touch. Oh, I was actually trying to blow some shit out of my keyboard. <laughs> Um, yeah, seeing family members still gathering socially mm. and not like you're saying that attitude of it wasn't illegal because it wasn't, it was in a different state in Australia where the restrictions weren't at that level, uh, but you're seeing it happen in the rest of the country. It's like, when do you think it's going to happen? Friggin' icing on the cake as well is that one in particular works in the medical sector. Literally. Oh, don't, don't get me started because and, I, I've driven past the still, hospital so many times this week and th- there's fucking nurses having a little gathering at the back of the hospital. There's like 15 of them just sitting on the grass, having a smoke, eating their lunch and they're all bunched into about a fucking square two metres. Oh, Jesus, man. Well, despite all the idiots, this, despite all the tomfoolery, it looks like the rate of new infections is actually slowing in New South Wales. Well, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about that today. Is it because there's such a large amount of people that have now been tested and that have, like, mm-hmm. they're going off the percentage of people per have it? Like, what's the percentage? What are they saying? The percentage of people no, that are actually... This is, this is no statistical trickery. This is just talking literally about the number of new cases day by day. Because if you're the scary thing about a pandemic virus like this is the exponential growth factor. Yeah, you're seeing it happen in Italy, Spain. It's what's fucking over the US right now. It's just more and more cases every day, so they're proper fucked. Like it's spreading out of control. Yeah, but every exponential growth at some particular point in time will level off and then start to slow down. So all this messaging around reducing the, you know, limiting the curve like how high that goes. The inflection point is when the number of new cases each day is fewer than the day before. That means you've reached the middle, it's starting to slow down, you've halted the exponential growth, 
and you're perhaps not totally fucked. Yeah. So that's that's why those numbers are are the most informative numbers you can look at. I was more looking at the percentage because the percentage was you're not looking no because you're not looking at total cases. You're not looking at how many people are dying, how many all this sort of stuff, or who's recovered. All, all those numbers are, are kind of irrelevant. The one number that counts for anything is the number of new cases because that's the virus being transmitted and spreading. But so all the problem with that is it's a little bit it's a little bit not right because those spikes that we were having coincided quite a lot with those cruise ships that came in. Yep. So the transmission is it still going up? But it's just the fact that no, no. But that's why it's a trend. You don't look at it one day later and say, oh, cool, numbers slowed down. It's been four days in a row now where the number's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's starting to develop that trend of inflection. Yeah. Where if you look at other countries, um, day by day, you go from, say, you go from 500, next day it's 600, next day it's 800 new cases. It's accelerating, right? Yeah, I'm not You're getting excited going... about it yet. I, I, still think we're, I still think we're up shit creek, but anyway. It all depends on the measures that are coming into place for isolation and self-quarantine. They're saying anyone that's coming into the state now is being forced to stay in a hotel for two weeks oh, have, under <laughs> under guard. Yeah, have you seen... But they, A lot of them are being put in five-star hotels. And oh, and, they're, compla- and they're, they're complaining that it's worse than being in prison. No, well, the next step, if they fuck around, is they go to prison. Well, so fucking, fuck I don't, them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. fuck them. Why didn't they just send them to prison anyway? The fact that they're even still trying to travel at all, idiots. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> if they can't recognise that it's for their own good and for the entire nation's good, fuck them. Yeah, there's people being complained put on a, the radio about it. Like, oh, put them on a, my, put them on a blacklist forever. Yeah, my dad's, oh, my dad's 87 and he's just come back from the states and he's self-isolated there. So why has he got to do it here? Uh, it's not good enough. I don't give a it's fuck. Don't give a fuck. If you bring a dog from the States, it has to be fucking put in quarantine for fucking two weeks or wherever long it is. Why the fuck is it any different to you? Yeah. You're not special, mate. You're going to threaten the entire population. It's such a simple measure. Like you said, not being mistreated. They go into a decent joint. They're getting hot meals three times a day, I'm sure of it. Fucking give me a break. You know, you've um, you've opened up a bit of an argument here. I'm going to have to say it. It's a good debate. So the good of the people, so the the majority rule, yeah? Yep. So when the majority want to clap at an event, <laughs> you know what I'm getting at it? <laughs> you, you're doing your false equivalency again, David. No, no, no. no, life, and, no, 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 no life and death. The majority rule. Against majority rule. Mold, mold inconvenience. Majority rule. <laughs> it's just my argument against it that's all I'm saying I can't I can't wait to your graduation man I'm gonna make sure it's just total silence and just nothing but a sea of fucking jazz hands. you know what I'm gonna get up I'm gonna get up on the stage and I'm just gonna fucking you're, you're gonna clap yourself I'm gonna do this <laughs> all the way across to get my fucking whatever they give you <laughs> and then Dean will look at you like you're a right muppet yeah rightly so I don't give a fuck and why just get him to just double check and make sure that this is the right guy? He really got a degree. Actually, I'm probably not even going to go to my graduation. Oh, dude, you got it. Nah. Are you kidding me? Nah. Uh, I, I think the way things are going with coronavirus, I think maybe I'm just going to stay at university forever. 
Maybe it'll be a robot that's handing out the diplomas. Maybe I should get. A, it's like maybe I should, if I if I manage to pass, <laughs> maybe I should. Uh, maybe I should. Uh, you should try babe. and get a job at the uni. My my wife's been doing correspondence through a university in Tasmania. Yeah, and she's planning. She's planned to fly down there for her graduation. Where? Which one? Like down in Tasmania. Yeah, well, that's where Catherine did it's hers. The, like the National Maritime University, I think. Oh, Catherine did hers at the um, Hobart University. Yeah. And she was going to go down for her graduation. She'd booked flights for her, myself, a friend. She'd ordered, you know, the outfit, whatnot, all the rest of it. Mm. She goes up to Sydney, and they had a tornado in Sydney. It was the only day they've had one, and they cancelled all flights. Shit, I remember that when that happened, actually. Yeah, so she never got That's to go. Up. Yeah, so she didn't get to go to her graduation. Oh, maybe you can let her have a go of your gown once you finish. Well, she's doing another degree now, so when she passes that, she can... <laughs> she gets a go. She gets another go. You got I think that's perhaps the philosophy. Do it, do it at least once. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I care that much, but um, it's funny. I did a thing today for the um, UOW Motorsport. I had to do another little assignment today. Um, but Are they like still screening you? Oh, well, there's a lot of screening. Like I'm only at stage two, and there's like ten stages or whatever. Um, right. So this one was like, yeah, have to go through. You have to read through the health and safety. Um, guidelines and um, all these other guidelines for going into the uh, engineering departments and the workshops and all the rest of it in the university. So it's like yep. two books you're supposed to read. And I just uh, looked at the test and it's like, it gives you three attempts at the test. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to try and do the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and do the test without reading anything just as a, just to see how I, where I, where I go with it. And like so, sure. some of these questions were like, you know, where do you go in an emergency drill? Like, do you go to um, block B, block P, block this, whatever? Like all these, and there's no way, I, right. no way I would have known where these places were. And there was uh, like, what do you do with cryogenic fluids? What could happen to you if you got they spill? I don't fucking know. Like, I'm not a scientist. What the fuck do I know? Anyway, <laughs> I did the test. I got ninety percent, which is a pass. <laughs> Beautiful. Without even reading the book. <laughs> I hope you at least read the book still. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. But if it's a health and safety thing, I think it's with like most things. Fucking common sense, for fuck's sake. All right. I wish you the best of luck then. Well, I did the ethics one as well, and that was supposed to read the books, and I passed that with flying colours without reading the books. But again, it was all common sense stuff. Like, you know, yeah. are, you, are you allowed to abuse someone and stuff like that? It's like, no, of course you're not. <laughs> Um, in my experience, that type of thing's been just about ticking a box for legal liability. Yeah, I think that's pretty they much what They say, we told him, he still told someone to fuck off, it wasn't our fault. Yeah. I mean, you, look, if it's if they're making a test that easy that you can pass without even reading a book, they don't care that much. Like I said, man, they just meeting the minimum requirements to have shown some level of legal responsibility. Yep. Whatever happens after that, they're free and clear. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to the interview process. That's where I'm going to shine. It sounds pretty hardcore, man. I, just, I think I imagined this thing was going to be a bit more casual. So did I, to be honest with you. I thought it was just going to be, oh, do you want to join? Yep, no worries, you're in. Like, yeah. it's, it's yeah. anyway, that's good. It's weaning out the, the people that are going to go, oh, yeah, I'll do it and then never turn up. Like, if you're serious and you yeah. want to do it, yeah. you'll keep going through this process. And I think that's what it is. I think it's to make sure you are serious to be a member. Because this team's not, like, they... They're not working on a piss weak little budget. Apparently, they work on a budget of like three, four hundred thousand dollars. 
Like they get a lot. Damn, yeah. They get a lot of sponsorship from people around town. Cool. So they want to make sure that the team's a team. It's not just going to be fl- people fly in, fly out sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, interesting. Let's keep us updated. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully I'll get in. I'm. I mean, I'm not. Who knows? I might not even get in yet. We'll be able to develop the car for the next twelve months because they ain't going racing now. Well, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but anyway, it might turn into a, a digital racing squad only. Yeah, well, that will fuck me, wouldn't it? Because the only reason they'd probably want me to join is because I'm a mechanic. <laughs> I don't know. You could bolt together the um, the simulation rig. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure that comes delivered flat packed. Probably needs someone to bust out the IKEA skills. Have you have you noticed all these cruise ships? Just changing the subject. Have you noticed all these cruise ships just floating off the coast? Yeah, the ghost ships. Yeah, I mean, who who in their right mind thought it was a great idea to let all those people off the fucking ship without screening them properly? I mean, people were refusing to get tests as well when they came off that ship. The cunts, cruise ship cunts. Yeah, I just feel completely vindicated in my, you know. Long-term belief of not wanting to ever go on a on a cruise ship. Yeah, you know what I mean. Though, if that's if that's what the uh, typical customer is going to be like, I, I don't I don't want to be any part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still conflicted because I really enjoyed. I really did enjoy when I went on cruises. I really did enjoy it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't oh, get on not, one at the moment. I'm not saying you can't have a good cruise, but to me, it just seemed like it was. There were better options on the table, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe if they had a screening process like your uh, your uh, university racing team, you actually have to put some effort in to yeah. get a slot. <laughs> might might improve things. Maybe I think I think the biggest the, thing the to eth- take out ethical of ethical questions, ethical questions about sneezing on the salad bar, and uh-huh. <laughs> it makes you think more about the old buffet breakfast now, doesn't it? Dude, I'd still. You still smash a buffet breakfast? Hot breakfast, yeah. So as long as it's as long as it's a buffet before ten thirty, it's all good. If it's after ten thirty, not. There's no explaining it, man. I'm I'm pretty happy to accept that it's a paradox. It's not a paradox. It's it it's, it's you're a mental case. But I'm not the only one. No, I'm not saying you are, but you're mental. <laughs> you're mental for thinking that one's okay and that the other's not. For sure. Like I said, it's a paradox, man. Both things can't be true at the same time. Yet here we are. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is telling me exactly that. <laughs> Stupid brain. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of uh, shit on YouTube lately. It's, it's fuck, dude. There's new new round of the rally championship oh. for the diecast racing league. You said you didn't think the sport ever existed anymore. You were gonna the. It hasn't been officially recognised as a sport, but if this carries on for much longer, it could be on its way. Mm. Actually, what I am hoping... Well, I'm not hoping. No, let me, I'll rephrase this. <laughs> they're talking about like a lot of like the NRL and stuff like that. They're all going to get kind of go tits up and that. It's about time they got, mm. they got this shit sorted out, really. Well, if anything, it would only be on pause. Like As soon as they can profit from it, they'll be running competitions again. So... Yeah. It's not like it's over forever. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I think so, a lot of people are going to get pissed off at the footy players that are going, oh, I'm not going to get paid as much at the moment, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Fucking so. What do you think's happening to everyone else, dickhead? Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah. 
bit of a privileged view on everything. Yeah. Um, but I imagine there's was very much a similar scare when um, HIV and AIDS first became a recognised thing. Obviously, that would have affected a lot of sports leagues. They would have been the same sort of paranoia about spreading and catching the disease and those same sort of questions about can these sports even continue? And in time, that stuff was figured out and you know, worked around it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't think, think, I, I don't think I, HIV and AIDS is quite as easy to catch. So that's what's making it very difficult, I think. With but that was very much early days where that kind of information wasn't widely known either. Like, so there was a lot of misinformation and paranoia then. So mirroring a lot of stuff that you see happening now for coronavirus. Yeah, but I mean, people but, know now that it's e- it's a lot right. easier to like. You're not going to go. Oh, I don't want to go and sit on a toilet because right. I'm going to catch the AIDS. But that's what people thought, man. Yeah. Like, um, this, there was that level. But that of was fear in the community. But that wasn't. That wasn't because they didn't they didn't know. It was just because they weren't educated enough. Dude, there were five hundred deaths this week in Iran from people drinking methylated spirits because they had information that that was a cure for coronavirus. See, this is where people on Facebook that believe everything they read on the internet are retarded. The amount of shit I've seen on so, Facebook, and I've just gone, "Are you fucking retarded? You're all idiots!" Like. I kind of wish yes. you'd get coronavirus just to get you out of the gene pool. <laughs> Harsh. Um, but so we're going through that same process now where it's relatively new disease that turning people's lives upside down. But as time goes on, um, obviously people are working really hard on developing vaccines for coronavirus. Uh, there's been you know, efforts made to figure out how you treat it, how you ease the symptoms for people who are suffering it. All, all these sort of things will develop over time. So in 12 months, you very well could be seeing start of a, a new football season. No worries. Mm. Um, people will have much more of an understanding of how you can stop or treat the disease, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, it'll turn out that um, people do develop a resistance to it or... All, all these sort of outcomes could, could come to pass. Um, problem is now it's so new. Yeah, so it's not a perfect analogy, but there is a parallel there, with I think, with the HIV thing and how it affected sports in particular. That was something that was adapted to and, you know, now it's sort of, it's not even a second thought given to it, really. Mm. You know, it's just part and parcel of how those sports operate. Yeah. Yeah, oh. I I think yeah. But I, I don't know. I do I do miss it very much. In particular, motorsports, MotoGP and F1. That that stuff being missing is a real bummer for me. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think motorsports like F1 and things like that. Surely there's got to be a way around sorting that out. Yeah, I mean you look at it, and when they're driving around on the track, sure they're not going to be infecting each other then, but you got teams of, you know, fifty, hundred people in the paddock for each team. Maybe they should just be That's, like, you're allowed to, you're allowed to operate, but everyone's got to keep their helmets on at all times. And they're like a fully ventilated helmet. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, man, um, everyone's having to adapt to to the coronavirus, coming up with new ideas, new technology, whatever it takes. Now people are you, slowly figuring it out. You just said something there. 
I'm going to touch on this. Mm. Is it the coronavirus or is it coronavirus? Because it sounds like an old person going to get the McDonald's. <laughs> Who knows? I well, It's funny, when I type it, I mostly type COVID-19 if I'm typing it out in text. Do you, but yeah, but do you um, type the COVID-19? No. So you're right. I probably shouldn't say the, the coronavirus. But, I mean, you do kind of have to be specific in that it's this particular strain of coronavirus that's causing trouble because coronavirus has existed for forever. Like, it's just this particular mutation that's kicking everyone's ass. Mm. And the fact that this carried across from an animal population to a human population is, is where the trouble started. Have they decided yet whether or not it was from the eating a bat or from or from that other thing, that other scaly mammal? It doesn't matter. The pangolin. That's it. Um, I, I don't know what the definitive answer is. We may never. Stop, stop, eat, stop eating weird shit. What's wrong with you? Whatever happened, it happened. Like, you can't go back and change it, right? No. Or are you thinking, like, down the track, like, what's the next weird thing that... Weird virus that gets from eating something funky. Yeah, I mean, look, again, this is going to be an uneducated thing I'm going to say, and you're probably going to laugh at me, but isn't that how AIDS started from fucking monkeys? I don't think that's ever been proven to be true. I think that was just one of those urban legends. But, I mean... I don't know. I don't think there was any basis in reality for that one. But who looks at a bat, honestly, and thinks, hmm, that that looks yummy? Well, if it's the food market, it might have already been, you know, chopped up. Well, I've just been like a little, like a little roast bat, ready, ready to go in the oven. But it don't matter. No matter which way you look at it, a bat doesn't look like it would be something to eat. Who's to say though? Like, there's vegetarians that say, "How do you, how do you eat animals at all?" That's you know pretty much the same position. You're just saying, "I'll eat all the animals except that one." You know what I mean? <laughs> a vegetarian's got a more, um, you know, even even judgment about eating animals if they say, no, well, don't eat anything. That's probably fairer than saying, well, okay, I'm happy to eat all this stuff, but what you're eating, oh, that's a bit dicey, mate. Like, (laughs) that's purely subjective at that point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. I just... uh, Because, I mean, there's cultures where they'll happily eat stuff. You know, it's like what mum would make on Sunday dinner never touch the stuff here so of course it's going to feel seem weird yeah but I'll give you this much Dave you ain't getting much meat off a bat like that's what I'm saying what's the fucking point like <laughs> let's, maybe that shit's just delicious who knows let's, let's do the way up here like a chicken you get, you, you're prepared to run the risk with a chicken because you're gonna you're getting plenty off a chicken yeah and I think even from an ethical point of view you kill one chicken, you feed four people. You know what I mean? It's it's like at least there's a, a gain there. Like if you're if you're killing a critter that only feeds feeds one person, somehow that seems like a, a worse deal. I don't know. Yeah. I suppose that's true for stuff like if you eat like a little if you're eating prawns or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never like prawns anyway. Eat, Eat one one prawn has to give its life for you to have just one little morsel. Yeah. It's probably not that fair. I think at the end of the day, I guess if you end up getting sick or whatever from eating some meat, bit of payback. <laughs> bit of payback, maybe. You roll the dice. Yeah. 
Well, this is this was Mad Cow in a nutshell, wasn't it? Fucking Mad Cow. Don't get me started on that shit. I'm still annoyed about that. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, you, you had heroes then saying, oh, I'm still going to eat a hamburger. It's not going to get me. Like, the same jabronis now who are like, oh, coronavirus. I'll just be like having a cold. I'll be all right. And away they go. Yeah. Exactly the same mentality, right? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all right, well, we won't get too deep onto the pandemic talk and pull Mad Cow out of the out of the archive. Oh, I'm just annoyed about that because I can't go and give blood. That's all. Yeah, and your brain don't work right now. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. All right, well, I just got a warning from my laptop saying the battery is getting low. So what's what's the timing here? We've been on for oh, an hour and twenty-seven. We're big big time. Well, I mean, it's a bumper episode. Man, you, you said two hours, and we're getting close. But I think <laughs> this might be a good time to to call it before I get a power outage. Have you been in trouble? One other question I have to ask you: Have, okay. have you been in much more trouble about the old uh, boomer remover comment? No, nothing more came of it. I haven't been, you know excommunicated from the family or anything. I heard somebody at uni say it the other day. It was funny. Hells yeah, it's funny. So I don't know if they've listened to the podcast or where they got it from. I'm going to assume your laptop's just shat this pants. <laughs> <laughs>